You're listening to What It's Like with Luz, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm chatting to a former Danish reality TV star, professional dancer, recording artist, and vegan activist. Beginning her entertainment career at the age of two, by 12, this ambitious performer had already signed onto her own reality TV show that would eventually lead her to make the big move to LA. Leaving behind a recording contract in Denmark, the then 18-year-old had her sights set on the City of Angels and packed her bags to follow her dreams all by herself. Settling into the crazy whirlwind of Los Angeles didn't quite pan out the way she'd hoped, and it took a near-fatal facial disease to give her the wake-up call she'd been searching for. Sharing her rise to fame, how she navigated the toxic nature of the notorious city, and her journey with veganism alongside founding her non-for-profit organization starts with one today. Here's what it's like to be Victoria Beck. Before we get stuck into the episode, I just wanted to say that if there is a drop in sound quality throughout, I'm very sorry, but in respect of social distancing during COVID-19, I've had to record episodes remotely. In this challenging time, we're all trying our best, so I hope everyone is staying safe and that you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. I really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, I think it would be a really great starting point if we could go all the way back and talk a little bit about your experience growing up in Denmark. Sure, sure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm from Denmark, born and raised in Denmark. Um, lived very normal life. Besides, I was a professional dancer from a very young age. So I was always traveling and always rehearsing. Um, I, was, I had my own TV show um, from when I was around 12. We did the first couple of episodes until around 18, 19. Um, I started singing and just doing the like basically everything. So TV, dancing, singing, all of it since I was very little. And then when I turned 18, I moved to LA by myself right after high school. Wow. Um, kind of to pursue something bigger because Denmark is a great country. I love Denmark. I love my family. I love my friends there, but there is a limit to how big you can dream, you know, like it's a small country and people also have smaller minds. I like to say Mm -hmm. in the sense of people aren't allowed to dream big and there isn't a lot of opportunities if you are in my field so I got offered, or I was talking to a major record label back in Denmark, but I decided to turn it down and I decided to move to LA. And I took the last season of the production out of the TV show out there to LA. And I have been in LA since. It's been like now almost 10 years. Wow, that's a crazy story. I can't believe how much you'd already done by the age of 18. And the fact that you turned down that opportunity, that must have been pretty scary at the time you know I'd say it was it was a big risk to to let that go yeah definitely but I felt like it was a big risk but I also felt like what they were presenting me with wasn't true to my character it wasn't true to like my integrity it wasn't exactly what I wanted and I think if you first start sacrificing that like you were kind of going downhill you know they wanted me to dye my hair dark they wanted me to sing in danish and i just had a bigger vision and they weren't on board with that vision and i had already like traveled 
all over Europe. I won like silver and bronze at the world championship in multiple dance competitions. You know, I danced ballroom, hip hop, jazz, ballet, like anything you can think of. So I already kind of had, like I knew what I wanted from a very early age, which also caused a lot of bullying because when you were very sure about what you want, um, you make people there unsure, very uncomfortable. So I kind of think I knew what I wanted from an early age. And my mom was always very supportive. Uh, Even though, like, we joke that I'm the only camera whore in our family. Like, no one does anything (laughs) like I do. Like, everyone is, like, regular lives, regular go to school. Like, I'm the only one who's like this. So it was, like, never my mom, like, pushing me into it or, like, her fallen dreams that she's now, like, portraying on me or you know so Mm -hmm. but I always know knew what I wanted and I was willing to take a risk and I was like if I'm going to do it like I'm going to do it big if we just backtrack a little bit I'd be so curious to know what it was like essentially growing up on camera what was that life like for you waking up and, and filming your tv show every day so people always think like quote unquote you grow up on camera but for me it was like we shoot for three weeks and we make it seem like it was six months of my life or a year of my life mm-hmm. you know so and I think from an early age because I was in the media a lot I learned how to this like I learned how to make the world feel like they know me but I still kept a lot of stuff private so mm-hmm. I never like there are certain things I wouldn't show and like I was good at putting on not necessarily a character but more like my like my stage person, you know? Um, And I think that really helped me kind of like have two different worlds where I could also be with my friends and be normal. And then as I was going into like this camera, whether it was TV, dance competitions, like fashion shows, commercials, shows, like whatever it was, like, you know, I put on my makeup, put on my self-tanner, put on my hair, put on my nails my costume and then I go into that person if that makes sense so like that way I kind of think that's why it kept me so sane and I didn't like have to like act out or anything like that and also my mom always kept us very grounded from an early age she like we traveled the whole world um me and my sister and my mom but we also had 10 foster kids growing up and everywhere we would go in the world we always had to go um and visit their like skid row area that homeless area um just to kind of get this whole idea of like you're just one decision away from making the the wrong choice or wrong decision and you can end up down here with these people you know Uh, because my dad he uh unfortunately left when i was two and he spent a majority of his time like running the streets on drugs um just never really being there for me and always having uh, an addiction with drugs and alcohol. That's really incredible. And, and to hear, you know, even just from speaking to you for what, the last 10 minutes, I can already gather that you, you did so seamlessly strike that balance between keeping yourself in the normal world with your feet on the ground and, you know, indulging in this world of entertainment, which I, th- I feel like there's such a stereotype around um, child stars, if you want to call it that, that, By the time you reach 18, you're just completely off the planet and, you know, you don't even know what's real anymore and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like you really handled that really well with, I guess, the support of your mom and and your family. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think just like the whole way of my mom constantly keeping us grounded and showing us like one of the things that she installed in both me and my sister is having compassion for others. And that was like the leading force in everything we would do. So it never really like my quote unquote fame never like got to my head or, you know what I mean? Cause like compassion was such a leading force in how we were living our lives growing up and still is. Um, so I think that definitely made the difference. And then, I mean, I still, after I moved to LA, definitely went through a very rough time and rough years and kind of got off the path of everything that I wanted to be and my, like, just who I am as a person. But I think you also have a choice, you know, and I, and back then I was always, um, I believe in God and I, I would always pray, like, this is my goal. This is my dreams. This is what I want. And like, for so long, I was like, why is it not happening for me? Like I worked so hard for it. Like, I don't understand why is God not answering my prayers? And as I got older, I realized that he was actually protecting me because at that time that I was asking for certain things, I wasn't ready as like my character wasn't ready to receive that type of money, that type of fame, that type of responsibility. So now looking back, I'm like, wow, I really was protected the whole time. So you did reality TV for, for quite a number of years and um, from 12 to around 18, I think you said. Did you ever have any moments throughout those years where you might have stopped and thought, you know, maybe I don't want to go down this path anymore, or I'm, I don't know, bored of it, or you, you didn't want to do it anymore? Or was it always just something that you were really passionate about and you enjoyed doing? Back then, I was always passionate about doing it. I always enjoyed doing it. Um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older, like around high school age, when I was around like that 17, 18 right before moving to LA, that I kind of took on other people's fears of, oh, wow, what if it doesn't work out for her? Or what is like your backup plan? Or like, you know, those types of fears that other people have, you know, because a lot of times people are projecting their own fears onto you mm -hmm. and it really has nothing to do with you or your path. Um, but up until then, like I was so set in my mind and I had no doubt that this is what I'm going to do. And there was no way it's not going to happen for me. But then I got into like high school and people, you know, in high school, everyone is so insecure. Yeah. Um, so I came in here, like, I know what I want. This is what I'm going to do. I'm like getting great grades, but I never show up in school because I'm always on the road. I'm doing TV and like, you know, so a lot of like really, really like heavy bullying started like harassment. And that's when I started for the first time really in my life, like doubting if, if I could make it because of other people projecting their fears onto me. And what do you think it was about you or I guess your character that enabled you to persevere through that and not just give it up? Because I know what you're saying, you know, high school is such a, a time of uncertainty, insecurity. And I know you're saying you were very set in your goals, but it can't have been easy to all the time, you know, block all of that out and just keep going when you were so young yourself too. No, definitely was not easy. Um, there was times where I would like cry myself to sleep and like be really, really sad and depressed. And, but at the same time, 
I didn't know anything else because I've been doing this since I was two, yeah. you know? So it's like, even the days where I didn't feel like doing it because of like, just being bullied or like, you know, just being in the mood, like it was still like my default. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. Like I go to rehearsals, I go like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like without even thinking about it, like that's what I was going to do anyway, any, every day anyways. Yeah. So I think that kind of like it was it, what kept me going through it and just kept sticking to it. And then I think also, of course, my mom's like unwavering support, like always. You mentioned that you moved to LA at the age of 18 by yourself. That must have been, you know, the most exciting thing, but also the most terrifying thing ever. Can you take me back to that time and, and how you were feeling and I guess the process of that move? Yeah, so I moved to LA when I was 18. I turned 19 like a couple months later. Um, it was extremely uncomfortable, but it's also when you were the most uncomfortable when you grow the most. most. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also very lonely. Like I didn't know anybody, like not one person. So I kind of had to put myself in positions to get to know people I had to be really comfortable being alone I had to get really comfortable just enjoying my own self and being okay with going to restaurants by myself and going to parties by myself and going to the pool and you know what I mean like connect with people and put myself out there and talk to people um while still like being safe and still you know so it definitely taught me like like how to be alone and how to be okay with that and how to create a life by yourself and it also just taught me how to be able to talk to anybody be able to hold a conversation with anybody it taught me how to just like just really just be okay with not knowing and having faith um but it definitely was scary. Um, but it, and it was very lonely at times, definitely. And so did you have a job lined up or did you have a plan when you landed? So this is how it happened. We were here on vacation, right? We've, we've been here a lot when I was younger too. We had a house in Malibu, like when I was like oh. two years old. So, but so we always like, we would come here on vacation. So we were here on our vacation and we hadn't been here in like eight years because of all my traveling with work and like dancing and stuff um so we were here on vacation and one day I came to my mom and I was like hey you know what I think I'm going to stay and she was like uh no you're not (laughs) like yeah I am and she's like okay well if you found a place to live uh in two days like because we had to leave in three days she was like, then I guess you're staying. And I was like, all right, cool. And then two days went by and I was like, hey, we have a showing today. And she's like, a showing for what? Where I'm going to live. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, uh, I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, we're going to go there today at noon. Like, just, yeah, come. So, and then she was like, cool, I guess you were staying. Like, all I'm asking you to do is just don't drink and don't smoke because you're still 18. You have to be 21 here in America. Like, you know, and my mom has installed really good values and morals in me. So she already knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really how it happened. That's mad. <laughs> so, I can't believe you just, <laughs> you're just like, I'm not going home. <laughs> yeah, I love I'm that. Planning. Like, I will say, though, the first two years, I was a lot more home. Like, I was home, like, 
maybe five times a year where now like I have not been home in over a year so of course I was traveling more back and forth back then yeah but yeah no that wasn't really a plan because I think sometimes we or most times we get stuck in the how rather than the why you know yeah and I don't think back then I understood the concept to the point where I can could explain it but now as I'm older I'm that would that's what it was like I wasn't so concerned about how I was going to make it it was more the why like I knew why because this is my dream this is what I want to do I want to change the world I want to impact the world I want to show others that this is possible um so that's I think I've always just been more focused on the why rather than the how did you uh because you're you're a singer now so or a recording artist so did you get a record deal before you went out or how did you break into that scene because I'm sure that was difficult in itself as well yeah so no I don't have a I've never been signed I've never had a manager I've never had an agent really just was out networking and just I believe if you show up in life like life's gonna reward you you know and things were just happening very naturally like out you know just showing up going to places like and again, I don't know even like how it happened, but it was like, I'll be at a restaurant and the person next to me was a producer, you know, like that type of way. And I truly, truly believe that's how it works when you have faith and when you start manifesting your dreams and telling the universe what you want, because then the universe is going to do everything it can to serve you with your needs. Um, so that's really how it happened. And one person would tell that person, I'll meet this person here, that person there. And like, just that, like, even when I moved into my first apartment by myself, there was two producers living right next door to me. Like, it was just like stuff like that just kept happening for me. What is the LA scene really like, I guess? Because from the outside, you know, it's that thing of like the American dream. We're going to go to LA. We're going to make everything happen for us. But then there's also, you know, it's a lot of, toxicity that goes into that and and a lot of cattiness and, and all that kind of thing how did you navigate that entertainment industry in the world's most notorious city for that kind of thing yeah that's a great question um so I definitely got caught up in all of those types of things like all the negativity all the toxic like just toxic people and definitely been screwed over a bunch of times lost a lot of money um and it wasn't until 2016 in December where the day I had a big release in Billboard magazine that I've managed to get myself they were featuring my uh, music video and the song I did with Iggy Azalea's team uh, and that day I ended up getting sick um I had a wisdom tooth extracted and a month later, three weeks later, and and that time too, I had like a major, like publicist behind me. I was doing literally every single red carpet you can think of. I would do three movie premieres in a night, like just always out and about. And three weeks later, from my release, I ended up in the hospital because I had a deadly facial infection from this wisdom tooth yeah and i ended up having emergency surgery because my cheek and my ear was like one surface 
and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So eventually I lost my hearing and my vision on my uh, right side for a period of time. And I was highly medicated. I was like on 12 different antibiotics, nine different opiates every 20 minutes, like just not like just completely out of it. And when I got out of the hospital with a home nurse and my mom had to fly out here and take care of me together with my assistant, I, the only thing I really remember from the hospital was that I woke up one moment and I couldn't remember the last time that I was truly happy. I remember happy times. And at the time I was with my ex-boyfriend uh, we were traveling all over the world. We were living in Beverly Hills. We had like Porsches and Mercedes and like everything from the outside looked really perfect. Mm -hmm. um, but I could not remember the last time I like truly felt like happiness in my heart for like the last four years. So at that moment, I was like, what is going on? Like I'm doing everything that I love and everything I've always worked for. But I think... I just kind of had lost myself um, in the LA scene and I was starting, like I was doing things that other people were doing and I was telling myself like, oh, this is what you like to do too. But I didn't like to do it. Like it's, I'm not really like, I don't like to go out to party every night. Like it's not really my thing. It makes me feel really depressed, but it was kind of the scene. This is what you do. So I was just telling myself, oh, this is fun. So I, started this whole journey of first off firing everybody that worked with me getting getting rid of like basically all my friends my ex-boyfriend and then I just went on a spiritual journey of really finding myself and also finding my purpose because as you grow and you get older like your dreams change your purpose change and just really just spending I think almost like two years of just rediscovering myself and what I want and my purpose and how I want to change the world. I lost everything. So when you get stripped from everything, you really need to, like, that's when you get to the point of like, who am I without all these things that I have had for so long? Um, so I went on this whole journey and I realized that I have gotten away from serving I've gotten away from really giving back which is like truly my heart and like in LA in the entertainment scene you can't be a giver because people just take 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 so mm -hmm. I have stopped giving and but my nature like who I am to the core is a giver so I started a nonprofit. I started serving in Skid Row which is like the biggest homeless community in America I started a preschool at a homeless shelter. I started a youth program, a teen program. Um, and eventually I had like 148 kids. I would take them out on the weekends. I had a bunch of them over for Christmas. And just doing that was just fulfilling me in a whole different way. And just like everything just kind of changed my perspective on what's important. And I realized that all the answers that I was seeking was coming every time I was out serving, when I was giving back and when I was just inspiring someone else to be better and sharing my story about my dad and how I still made it and that you can still have dreams and you can still follow through with your dreams. And so 
it, everything really changed. And then I kind of took, I've been taking a break now from music just because of all these amazing opportunities that's been coming my way with me having a nonprofit. Um, so I, I kind of took a break just because I wanted to do it because I love to do it. I wanted to do it on my way. I wanted to do it on my terms. And I didn't want to do it because of my fear of what other people might think of me or do it because you're supposed to put a video out every three months or every two months or like I didn't want to do it on anyone else's terms because I was like that it doesn't make me happy and if I continue this route this way I am going to end up not wanting to do it like ever again. That's incredible wow you've you've been through so much but I think it's amazing to see how you completely did a 180 on your whole situation um, after after being in hospital that that's really incredible to hear do you think it is possible to have that um, I guess dream recording career that we all see from the outside you know in in I don't know Justin Bieber came to my head that that kind of sphere and still be a wholesome giving person that is happy with themselves do you think it is possible to have those two things at the same time in the environment that you experienced that's a really really good question like really good question because I ask myself that every day because I mean even some of the biggest artists that I know like they are so miserable they're so unhappy um and it's like what I struggle with is I have gained so when I first got got out of being sick and like started my journey I wrote down a list of all the flaws and all the things that people were like either accusing me of or I knew that I had and I was like I'm going to work through this list before I'm going to start any new relationships because I was like why do I keep attracting the same type of people mm -hmm. and I realized I am the common denominator so for me to attract better I have to become better so And in that process, I realized that it's so hard to like be in an environment with people that are a certain way without you slowly becoming like that as well. So right now I am in the middle of figuring out the best way for me to do both, to still be true to who I am and still doing music and doing entertainment. So it's kind of like in a process of, like step by step, day by day, figuring out how I can best do it. And I wish I had like a very concrete answer for you, but I don't. <laughs> um, but it's just me being super transparent because it is still something I struggle with. Uh, one of my good friends, she's a big actress, been an actress since she was a kid, been on every TV show you can think of. Um, and she is kind of going through the same thing, but as I'm going through this, I'm attracting people who is just like that. And we are together creating new things to do together, like in the entertainment space, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it is honestly something that I day by day have to, like I still ask myself and I try, I just try to do my best to do what makes me happy. And also just, like not even thinking about like how it's supposed to look from the outside, the perception, because I've met Justin Bieber several times and I know a lot of people that work with him, like that know him like closely. And I don't ever want to be 
how like how BS depressed as he is like <laughs> never yeah. you know and he doesn't even want to be that's why he settled down he got married and he's still working through you know like that trauma it it comes with from being in the entertainment industry it's so interesting to hear your take on it having been you know really in the thick of it and it is so sad when you see such talented people that bring so much happiness to the people that are watching them and consuming whatever it is they're doing but then end up being so unhappy themselves i think that's really sad um also, what I was picking up from what you're saying, it, it's that really cliche saying, but it's so true. You know, your vibe attracts your tribe. And it, it sounds like that's maybe what's going on for you a little bit now. Um, but I'd be really interested to hear a little bit more about your work as an activist. And I know you have a really, um, I love your, your online platform as well that you have um, promoting veganism and things like that. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that work that you're doing? Yeah. So as I went on my whole spiritual journey, and really like came back to the core of being raised on compassion and empathy, I realized that first of all, I like if I was caring about people and like dogs and I already, I've been rescuing dogs for a while now, like I had to care about the rest of the animals too, right? So my friend, he introduced me to this very popular vegan restaurant and First, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, I don't really like salads. Like, I'm not like the salad type of girl. Like, you will not see me at a restaurant. You're like, oh, that salad looks so good. Like, that's not me. Um, so I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I really want to because it sounds really cool. <laughs> but I just don't know if I could be vegan. But he took me there and I was blown away. I was like, why is all this regular quote unquote food vegan? Um, and then he showed me a video of how animals are being treated at slaughterhouses all over the world, whether it's in Europe, it's here in America, like it's all the same. And I could not finish watching the video. And in that moment, I knew that if I can't watch how my food ends up on my plate, I for sure don't deserve to eat it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that started. And it kind of goes along with, you know, my nonprofit of having compassion and empathy for everybody and anybody um because i have this saying that everybody you meet is someone somebody you know whether it's the bum on the street that's still someone's dad it's someone's brother it's someone's son um and the same way with animals you know that pig is actually someone's little baby and so it just kind of became a whole thing and i started studying a lot and really realizing how easy it is to be vegan and i also like I've been vegan now for almost two years and I have never felt better. Like I used to always have a stomach ache. I used to always be bloated and I have not been bloated. I had a stomach ache once since I, I been, went vegan. Um, and just, you know, I just realized that speaking up for what's right is so necessary. And for a long time, I was always told not to speak up too much, you know, from publicists and like just, you know what I mean? Like the industry, yeah. you don't want to like step out too much because you still want everyone to like you. But I was like, no, like, I feel like if I have a platform, I would rather make an impact than impress people. I want to speak up for what's right. And I want to do it from a, again, a place for, like a place from like of compassion and empathy and not being like teachy or like schooly or like telling you like, this is how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. But just being the example, you know, and like every morning I have this prayer, I always 
pray that I will walk in love, hear love, speak in love, act in love, thinking love, embrace everyone in love, just practicing just like my heart and just checking in with my, my heart every day. And that's really how I want to even be as an activist, as someone who is changing the world, like doing it from a place of love rather than a place of anger. So that's really important to me. If you had to, I don't know, no one can predict the future, but if you, if you could look into the next few years, do you know what they, they would, uh, or what you would like them to look for you in terms of your nonprofit, in terms of your, your career in entertainment? Do you have a little bit of an idea as to how you're going to shape it out or, or is it really just in a stage of figuring how everything works together? Yeah. So I think the next year for me, uh, the next couple of years for me is probably in my nonprofit, um, that my whole vision is I want to change and impact a million lives. I want a million people to say she changed my life. So with that, like we are going back to redoing my preschool. I have now more volunteers than ever because I've been doing this all by myself. Um, and I've been paying for everything by myself as well. So I've started a lot of new projects. We have this workout every Sunday called Sweat for a Cause. Oh, where we that. have, That's really cool. Yeah, like we have one of my uh, really good friends, an amazing DJ. She does the DJing, so it's live music. And she's also like a really good motivational speaker and stuff. So she motivates everyone. I do the workout. And then we have another one of my close friends who does Unwind Your Mind at the end, setting the intention for the week. And we have awesome raffle gifts. Like we have Sweet Sweat Donate and like all these major brands. And then people just donate whatever they can. If they can't donate, that's fine. If they want to donate, that's awesome. So we have that going. Um, and we really want to take that like out in the world and not just do it online as a virtual thing. Because um, it also kind of goes in hand in hand with being in entertainment because all, all three of us are in entertainment, you know, but it's just a different way of using our platform as entertainers and do, using it for something good. Um, and then I just started going into prisons, juvenile prisons, and um, I'm about to go into a maximum male facility where I do mentorship programs. So all of that is kind of taking place right now. I'm in the middle of writing a book about my whole journey. And I think for my career as a musician, as a recording artist, I would love to put out my EP, but I would love to do it in a way where it's more, because the whole EP is kind of like the dark side of living in LA and chasing your dreams. So I kind of want to combine it with some like public speaking at high schools and that way, like give people more of some content that they can actually use and benefit from rather than just putting out music, you know, because I really do think there is a shift happening um, where it's more about like, what, like, are you really bringing anything? Like, what are you bringing to people? What are you giving people? Is it just, is there actually like, content in it that they can take with them rather than just oh this is a cool song this is just another girl dancing and singing you know so I think as I'm getting older as I'm growing like that's how I want to do my music side like my more entertainment side bringing more like content and just making more of like an impact rather than just getting on stage and singing and dancing. I think it's safe to say that you have experienced a lot of what you know, is generalized and, and I guess a generic perception of success. You know, you've, you've made it, you've had, 
the big house, the career in LA, you know, the whole thing. But I'd be interested to know what your personal definition of that word is. I think success is you waking up, feeling your best self, and you making an impact on someone else's life. That to me is success. I think people have like misunderstood the word success for a very long time. I don't think the word success purpose, like that has nothing to do with you really. I think that is something you are doing for others, for the world. Like you having success comes with a responsibility because you stepping into your own purpose is not necessarily for you. It's for, like, it's to show others what's possible. It's to inspire others to go follow their dreams. And I think a lot of times, like people think success is about themselves, about them feeling or them having certain things. But that's, I just think success is more of like what's going on on the inside of you. Because getting, like there's plenty of girls out in LA who does nothing but marry a rich guy and they have a big house and a car and you know, the purses and the jewelry and like, is that considered success? Not in my book, because they don't wake up feeling like they're having a purpose. They don't feel happy. They don't feel feel fulfilled, and they are not out making the world a better place in any type of way. So my last question for you, and then I will let you get on with your day. Um, if I put your 10-year-old self in front of you from where you're sitting today and having been through your incredible life story and all of your experiences, What's the biggest piece of advice you would give your 10-year-old self moving forward in life? Um, I think if I had my own 10-year-old self in front of me, I would tell her that, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot tougher than it is for most people. But it's also because you are meant to impact so many more people than the average person. So keep pushing like you, you are going to get through this, but you're getting through this because you need to inspire someone else. Like your journey, your hardship is not for you. It is really so you can have a platform and speak to so many more people and impact so many more people. I love that. That's really great advice. Um, and speaking to you has been so inspiring. I'm already feeling, you know, so much better after that, that conversation. And you really got me thinking about a lot of things. So I just want to say thank you so much for giving up your time to chat with me and to share your incredible story. Um, it's been really great listening to it. Thank you so, so, so much. No, it was awesome. It was so much fun. I was like, wait, we're already done? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and as always, please rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on Instagram and Facebook. For more information on Victoria's organization and to listen to her music, visit the links provided in the show notes. I'll be back on Thursday with more inspiring stories. But for now, this has been What It's Like with Luce.